Welcome to Making Ships. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I am your host, Jim Carr, and I am joined in the studio with my good friend and co-host, Mr. Jay-Z, Jason Zanger. Jason, good afternoon, my friend. Hey, Jim. How you doing? I'm doing great. Good. You didn't have to get so dressed up for me today. You think I'm dressed up? Well, I'm I don't even. I'm not even wearing. A, I'm in shorts and a t-shirt. Are, I know. And, you know, and and you're like in a suit and a tie. And, well, that's you know, your brand. Little, that's my brand. Yeah, you just look a little overdressed. That's all. I'm just trying to keep it real, trying to keep the brand high, and I'm not doing anything different than I normally do. So that's what it's all about. But it's good to be back here at DMDII. I just love coming to this place. I know I always say that, but it inspires me to get in making chips mode. And, you know, I just love seeing the people. We know everybody here, and they're all good people, and there's a lot of action going on here in machine tools, and, and it's a sexy place. So yeah, it, it's yeah, always good the, to be at DMDII. One, one of the things that I noticed right when I walked in is that they had some robotic inspection equipment that somebody was, it looked like, experimenting with. So really? that was kind of interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. I don't cool. know exactly what it does, but it just caught my eye as I was running late to our meeting, which I apologize for. No big deal. So, Jim, I've got a question for you. Yeah, go right ahead. You know, the life of a manufacturing leader is challenging. So you can have these well placed. Yeah. You could have these well laid plans. And I know I try to plan my day and say, you know, here's my three objectives or my one objective that I'm trying to get done. But you can walk in the door and you could have somebody screaming because they just broke a tool or those parts from the anodizer didn't come back when they were supposed to and this person called in sick and that thing happened and our ERP system's down and you know No, I, and, I, and, I, I totally get that because that's the life of a small business owner leader. You can have the best executed plan for your day and when you walk in that door all hell breaks loose, and you just got to manage. So you, you got to cope. You, it's a coping mechanism. You don't just turn around and walk back out? No, of course not. <laughs> I take a deep breath, and I use this new... I've got a new word because I watched a Red Caffeine webinar the other day called, on emotional intelligence. So I'm trying to allude to emotional intelligence, and no, it, Jason's laughing for all of those... Because he keeps you, saying emotional intelligence to me like every other day. I know. <laughs> It's like your word, it, your phrase of the month. Well, it kind of is. It's but like you something know, you just learned it, that the rest of us have known about for 20 years. Oh, God. Don't, don't pat yourself <laughs> on the back kidding. that hard. But no, I've always known I've had emotional intelligence, but I didn't know what I was. I didn't know I had it. You definitely do. You yeah. would say so. I've, wait, I've wait, got some I, more work that I need with it, but I would say I'm up there as well. You know, I always go back to what my dad taught me, and I didn't learn this business from my dad, but my dad always used to say, think before you speak. Very and true. I think that is really equals emotional intelligence. It's the same thing. Emotional intelligence equals think before you speak. And what it means is just to take two seconds before you let it come out of your mouth and evaluate how that's going to happen. And, you know, people get so wrapped up in trying to respond really quick. I think that if they just take a couple seconds before they get it out, the tongue is a weapon. The tongue can be a weapon. It can be your best friend and it can be a weapon. But anyway, yes, you can have the best, well-defined day planned out. And man, you walk in the front door and just like what you said, John called in sick. The machine spindle broke down. The, the Wi-Fi isn't working. The QuickBooks online isn't responding. We can't do payroll. You know what I always say? What's the biggest fire and how are we going to reprioritize our day? 
So does that answer your question? Yeah, you need to prioritize. And, and I actually think this is somewhat relatable to a gentleman that I interviewed as a part of the IMTS Rockstar series. Yeah. And he's not, he's a manufacturing leader, but he's not the owner of the company. But I think that you're going to resonate with his story and with some of the conversations that we had. But before we get to that interview, do you have some manufacturing news for us? Yeah, I do. As a matter of fact, I got a, a link on LinkedIn you know how LinkedIn says these are the trending stories now they, they show? And I, some of them that kind of interest me. But I was on LinkedIn just this morning, as a matter of fact, and I saw an article that said something about wages aren't rising, but yet unemployment is under 4%. As a business owner, leader that's making decisions, I try to be a conscious capitalist in the way that I run my company and the culture. And I want to be the fairest boss around and I want my employees to be compensated for appropriately for what they're doing. So what Jim is referring to is once again another thing that I taught him because you know he goes to the school of Jason. <laughs> no, he has taught me a couple of things. What I guarantee I've taught him a lot of wisdom. But go ahead. <laughs> what Jim is referring to, I actually had a phone call this morning with my friend Andy who is assembling a group of manufacturing leaders, manufacturing companies who very much operate as conscious capitalists. And this is kind of a phrase that's been around for a while. It was, I think there's a book written about it, but it basically is you know, the opposite of saying, how do we maximize our profit and disregard every other factor that goes into it? So what conscious capitalism would be is, you know, how do we care for our workers well? How do we make sure that we're basing our business on a greater purpose? You know, how are we driving that greater purpose as a company? How do we maintain a good culture? How do we treat our people well? How do we treat our partners well? And it's very multifaceted. How do we make sure that, you know, the the supply chain is healthy? You know, all that kind of stuff. And I think what you're talking about, Jim, is is something that manufacturing companies, if they don't get aligned with these things and some of these concepts that we've talked about on making chips, they're going to find themselves not able to hire the right workers, not able to bring on the right partners. And I, and I think that people need to educate themselves. Right. I, I think it relates to culture and being... Culture's con- a part of it. Culture's no a part of it. And again... You're going to talk about culture again, Jim? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm going to talk about being fair. <laughs> yes. So no, I want right. to be fair to myself as the business owner, and I want to be fair to my employees because they're working as hard as I am. Yeah, and you know what? But you need, as an owner, you've made this investment in the business, so you need to have an ROI on on it, and you need to be able to produce profit for that sake. But yeah, you know, determining wages is hard. It really is. You know, I don't know. I was a little suspect with this article for a couple of reasons. Why? Well, A, it was in the New York Times. (laughs) That would be one reason. B, it says it was written- It caught my attention. Yeah, it was written by Jared Bernstein, who it says is an economist and former advisor to Vice President Joe Biden, so that kind of made me a little little bit suspect, but you know, data can be manipulated in a lot of different ways. Sure I, I don't know. My intuition is that their wages are rising. and that It only goes on to say, stagnant wages for factory workers and non-managers in the service sector, together they represent 82% of the labor force, is mainly the outcome of a long power struggle that workers are losing. Even at the time of low unemployment, their bargaining power is feeble. The weakest... I've seen in decades. So I don't know. Just to push back on you a little bit with this article, sounds political. Okay. To me. To me. I I mean, that's your opinion, but I think I want people to be aware of it. Yeah, no, you're right. I I want people to rethink, you know, how they're taking care of their employees and are they being fair? Yep. And 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 that's important. That's, that is very important. It's, it's good to be transparent about it and it's good to be 
communicate about it too. So I would just recommend, and again, it could be a little biased, like you said, but I want people to think about it. I want to recognize it because I think it's something that we as business owners may or may not overlook. And I think you just need to reflect a little bit on that. So I'm not, I'm not saying go out and give your employees a 10% raise. And I'm not saying to don't give them a raise at all. I'm just saying think about what's fair and, and go forward. Totally agree. So Good what one. else you got? What's going on great in your business? What's going on great in your life? Well, you know, right now, I mean, everything's great. We're really busy. But, you know, I got to be honest. We're having a tough week with deliveries. It's never ending. And I, so you're going to be a Debbie Downer? I, no, I'm not going to be a Debbie Downer. My son even texted me last night and he's like, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm all right. I'm just, you know, I've been in this business for 40 years and it's the same old thing. And I'm not going to cry, but it's tough. You know, a small business owner leader, we got a lot under our belt and we got a lot of things to manage. Yeah, you, sometimes. You, you look a little frazzled, like you didn't comb your hair this morning and maybe you just like <laughs> just woke up and, you know, you know. No, I feel great. I worked out and I, you know, but anyway. You know, but I would say the positive side of this is that you're the reason you're having this problem is because output is high. Yeah. And, well, and business absolutely. is strong. So that's part of the problem. You know? So I will actually read you the response that my 26-year-old son, and it was pretty, it, was, say, it made whining? me feel good. He goes, yeah, I totally understand the same ritual thing, but those are all good problems to have. Yes. Think how much we have changed in the past few years for the better. Having mainly old machines barely running and depending on one or two customers, and now they're not even in the picture. We just have to be more strategic with the workload and delegate a little more and train a little more. Yeah, there you go. Bam. I mean, he said it brilliantly. And you know what? That made me feel so good. It was a tough day. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I came home at the end of the day and, you know, my wife doesn't understand what happens every day. She just knows I'm tired, you know. Tired and crabby. Yeah. So things are going good, but, you know, I'm struggling a little bit, especially this week. So yep, I understand. Should we listen to Let's your go to interview. interview? Here's my interview with Peter Klaus. All right. Looking forward to it. Hey, Jason, IMTS is just a few short months away. I'm super excited. You know, we're going to be there every single day. I know. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about the South Building and what's going on there. What can we expect to see? Well, the South Building, the metal cutting pavilion takes up the entire thing. So you're talking all your machine tool guys. DMG, Mazak, Haas. All the big boys are going to be there. That's the only pavilion within the South building is going to be metal cutting. Because it's so big. Do you even know what a pavilion is? I do know what a pavilion is. What is is it? It's a small little house. Yeah, like like a tent or something. Yeah, Yeah, but this is is bigger than a tent. I bet you can't spell it, though. P-A-V-I-L-I-O-N. S. Pavilions. Yeah. Huh? Pavilions. Go to (laughs) IMPS.com. Yeah, register now. Early bird pricing is before August 10th. Hurry up. Get your room, get reserved, get on the board, and come and see us. So we have here in the studio Peter Klaus, who's the CNC supervisor at HFW Industries out of Buffalo, New York. He's part of the IMTS Rockstars. He flew out here to Chicago. We're meeting here at McCormick Place to talk with Peter and equip and inspire the metalworking nation with a little bit about his story. So Peter, tell us a little bit about HFW Industries. Well, first, let's tell a little bit about myself. Sure, go um, ahead. Tell us about yourself, you know, please. I was telling you a little bit earlier about I got into machining through Triton College. 
college here. In Trenton College here in Chicago. Yep, in an apprenticeship program when I lived in Naperville. In high school, I remember it was the last semester of school, I was planning on going to College of DuPage, actually, for like pre-engineering that my dad was steering me towards. I was working on a lathe, and I'm like, I think I could do this for a living. You know, so it, was there something about working that lathe that got your energy pumping there that you really enjoyed? I did. I've always been working with my hands. My dad was a welder. I kind of grew up in a garage, so I was always you know comfortable with that type of thing. But senior year, it's like, what are you going to do for the rest of your life? You know, and at that moment, I was working on that lathe. Like I said, I'm like, I think I could do this. In fact, that's when they handed out this program thing that I ended up getting involved in, and that's how I got into the business and uh, getting to HFW. I was hired there in 1994, started out as a manual machinist, just run a little lathe, you know, and I'd run some mills. They did have a couple CNC machines, started expanding. And, you know, I've always been somebody that wanted to try to do as much as possible, learn as much as possible. And that's how I got into working on the CNCs. We eventually got Mastercam system, and I learned, uh, you know, the CAD CAM programming side. And eventually we kept expanding, got more machine tools. We have 11 CNCs now. And I always love it. And the IMTS part of this, I went to my first IMTS in 1986 when mm-hmm. I was in that apprenticeship program. Right. And I just love it. You know, it's yeah, just it's a, a fan- great experience going here at IMTS and just seeing all the machines and the new technology and the cutting tools and the, everything new about manufacturing is all in one place. Totally. I, it's like a kid in a candy store when you come to, <laughs> to IMTS. Yeah. You know? so, so you moved up through HFW Industries. And, and tell us about exactly what HFW Industries does, because I believe you guys are a little bit unique in your manufacturing process. Totally. HFW, it used to be called hard face welding, and that's where those initials come from. And that is a process of exactly hard facing a Part, whether it's a shaft, a block, or whatever. We do thermal spray coatings and hard facing. And those are two different things. Thermal spraying is where you're actually coating a part with a metal powder, which is blown on with a gas gun. And that forms a mechanical bond. And the hard facing, which is mostly traditional type of welding processes, and hardening a part. And then we also do, we machine that. Okay. So with that coating process, you mentioned before that you're actually spraying on carbide or ceramics or even like stainless steels onto another alloy part in a lot of situations. Is that correct? Oh, definitely. Primary one thing is a lot of parts, let's say you want a stainless part. Or you want a carbide part? Well, or yeah, the car, yes. But you don't want the cost of a full carbide part, so you spray that on. Is that correct? That's exactly with the where the stainless coatings come into play. Like we do printing cylinders and stuff. A very large, it's a two, 3,000 pound shaft. And we undercut it and coat it with this very thin stainless coating. And that's for wear resistance. And obviously, the cost is considerably less than purchasing a whole. Yeah, I mean, having a stainless. Thin, yeah, having a thin <laughs> material of stainless as opposed to an entire piece out of yes. stainless, that's a big difference. Totally. And you can also do that same process with, you said, carbide and ceramic as well. Yes. When it comes to carbide coatings, those are generally for wear resistance. Okay. You know, you might, you're not yeah, going to make a whole, wear parts. Yeah. You know, yeah. a steel shaft, and it's going to have a carbide coating in certain seal diameters or wherever there's a or cost a very abrasive or, you know, chemical system. You know, they do it for coatings for wear or corrosion also. Okay, that's very interesting. So tell me, you've been with HFW for 24 years. You you started out as a manual machinist. What do you think contributed to your growth in the company? Now you're the CNC supervisor, you're an IMTS rock star. What do you think has contributed to your growth as a manufacturing leader? This is my career. This is something that I'm passionate about doing. And I've always, like I said, always wanted to learn more. 
I did go on to Knight College to finish a two-year associate's degree in mechanical engineering technology. So I've always wanted to learn something new. And I think that the owner of the company saw that. And that's how I kind of got into that spot where we were super busy. I was a lead man at that time, you know. I was starting to do a little bit of tool purchases and whatnot because we really didn't have a set purchasing department. And the owner came up to me one day. He goes, you know what I need? I need somebody, you know, to run the CNC department because the CNC department kept getting bigger and bigger. You know, before, like I said, before it was only a couple of machines, you know. Now we had almost 11 at that time. He needed somebody responsible. Yes, And he right. needed somebody with some fire, somebody that wanted to learn and better themselves. Yeah, and I told him, I'm like, you know, I could do that. Right? And he's like, yeah, I know you can. <laughs> so do you, do you find yourself more managing the machines and the processes and the orders or more managing people now? The job's really insane. You know, it is. The, manufacturing you, is. It is. It is crazy All business. Manu- that's, the, that's the one thing that you hear consistently from manufacturing leaders is it's a little bit crazy. And we're the kind of shop where... I literally will do a hundred different things in one day. Mm-hmm. You know, I can literally do some CAD CAM programming in the morning to going on the floor, taking out a broken tap, you know, <laughs> busted drill, hammering that out, helping the guy fix that. Sure. Fixture something, going upstairs, quoting jobs, and then ordering tooling at the end of the day, you know. And dealing with people problems always, throughout the yeah, day yeah, too. That's always. always there. <laughs> That's a lot to balance. How do you keep all those things in perspective and keep those things balanced? It's very difficult. You know, I remember when I first became supervisor, the plant manager and the owner came down and they they were about to, you know, show me how to lay out my day. Okay. (laughs) You know, in the morning, I mean, you put a sign on your door, just programming. I'm like, are you serious? We have delivery dates to make. And that's the biggest challenge is yeah, I can have my best laid plans of, oh, I'm going to spend the first three hours just sitting in the office doing programming, you know? Right. When you need this part out tomorrow afternoon and the guy broke a tool off in it or something. Right, you, you didn't know? plan to break that tool. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you got to be a very adept and just try to manage your time best you can. So how do you deal with that? So like right now, and I talked about this on a previous episode of Making Chips, I'm reading this book called the four disciplines of execution. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that they talk about is that you have these objectives that you need to get done, but we all are always getting caught in what what you call the insanity. They call the whirlwind. They call it the whirlwind of every day. So how do you manage fighting through that whirlwind or that insanity with trying to get done some plans that you have? I think I do that every day. And I was reading it. It was an article I was reading on the plane. This is a while ago about, you know, the multitasking, right? We're talking about, mm-hmm. right? oh, I'm a multitasker. There's no such thing as multitasking. It's very true. You're basically doing small little tasks. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're, you're individual- just distracted. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I try to do that. I said, okay, listen, I am going to focus and finish this one task okay. right now. Yeah. And sometimes I have to do that. I tell guys to, you have to put that on hold. And other times though, it's then chaos just I have to get things done. I have to, I literally have a meeting at 11. Guy comes in 10 minutes too. He needs a program changed. You know, it is just, so you got to prioritize stuff best you can. So the key is, you know, that focus and that prioritization as best you possibly can and not trying to say that you're the best multitasker. No, I am not (laughs) the best multitasker. (laughs) And what about the leaders at HFW industry? Is there a particular management style that they have that you guys have embraced? What do you think has made the company successful? Because the company, it sounds like, has grown over the years and you guys are very busy. It is. And really, it's the quality of the work we do and meeting customers' delivery dates. I'm fortunate that I have worked at other companies and the manager, I guess the management style, it's a little bit old school. You know, nothing wrong with that. Nothing. There's two other foremen in the shop besides myself. And 
the plant manager, he kind of, he lets us do our thing. And when stuff needs to be adjusted or look, take a look at, he does, but we all work together pretty well. What for you personally is your biggest challenge in manufacturing? For me, it's adapting to the ever-changing parts that we get. We are a job shop and just that, I mean, literally you'll go from one, two quantities. I get a kick out where the owner's like, we got state-of-the-art machine tools. I can't understand why it takes six hours to make this part. Yeah, I tell them, I'm like, John, if we were doing 5,000 of them, yeah, it would take 15 minutes each, you know, but it's one part. You got to set up, you got to program. Tool it, program it, and and there's no proofing out. It's a one-shot deal, you know. I I hired a guy one time, he's like, where are the extra pieces, you know, to test out? You Mm -hmm. don't test it out on a super alloy, you know. And also having the proper workforce, you know, it's tough. I mean, and that's been the consistent problem that manufacturing leaders have brought to our attention is there's a workforce problem. Oh, totally. Definitely. Have you guys done anything in order to try to solve that workforce problem in any kind of unique manner? What do you do in that situation when you're trying to find, you know, somebody to employ in a position and you you just can't find them? It's tough. You know, a number of years ago, and I think they still have this. I mean, they were giving employees a Money incentive to find people. Okay, so in. you bring your friend in and we'll give you yep. so many it dollars. It was a considerable amount, you know. Okay. And that, that helped out. We got a few guys, but, you know, unfortunately, the guys, some of them are up there in age already, you know. Mm-hmm. We have a, a bunch of baby boomers that have retired. You know, heavy at promoting, you know, that we're looking for people, but as far as, you know, working with schools and stuff like that, I think that's where industry has to start promoting it at that level with the high schools, even younger, you know, showing the kids. IMTS is a great opportunity. I know they're doing a lot with it there. Yes, they are. To say, hey, this stuff's really cool. Yeah. And that is a great point that to a certain degree, some age groups, you're never going to be able to convince them to go into manufacturing, but we need to focus on this new generation and letting them know how how great of a career it is in manufacturing. But I think any generation, there's going to be Let's say out of 10 people, I bet you there's one or two because everybody's a different type of learner or, you know, has this different type of skills, right? And I've always been one to work with my hands. It's just, I feel normal doing that. I Mm -hmm. am not a book person or let's say per se, you know? So to give them the opportunity to see what's out there, there's going to be the one or two. I was an example, I think, in high school that man, yeah, I'm going to go right into this right out of high school, you know. So so let's move on to IMTS. What gets you most excited about IMTS? We're getting there soon. What are you most excited about going to IMTS this year? Well, I know in the you know video interviews, we're at the Dreamers and Doers is the theme. And that's just it. I mean, it is dreaming about what's out there, what's possible, looking at the newest technology, and ideally the stuff that I could possibly, you know, acquire it at HFW and put into place, there's always something comes out of it, whether it's as simple as a small cutting tool or whatever. You know? Do you have a certain machine tool that you're looking to replace or something that's like on your shopping list? Yes. You could ask anybody in the shop where I work and be like, what if anybody, they're like a large VTL you know, okay. turning late you know, okay. in the 58 inch chuck diameter range. It's something that it's getting worn out okay. <laughs> talking about. Sure. We have capacity to turn like 32 inches in a lathe, but you know, in a horizontal position, it's difficult with some of these heavy parts. You so, know? so do you plan to do some research or make a decision on that at this IMTS? We'll definitely be doing research, getting talking to suppliers. The boss, I joked to him before I came out here for this thing. And he's like, yeah, we came across that question. Like, what do you plan on? And he's like, 
Well, yeah, you just wish your boss would just let some money go for things, you know? You know, it's hard to make those kind of capital decisions sometimes. As an owner, you're going into significant debt and you got to back that up with sales. You know? Totally, yeah. does get tough. Where do you see yourself spending the most time at IMTS? I think most of the time is with the tooling pavilion. Okay, in the cutting tool pavilion? Yeah, cutting tools. Yep. And when, why is that? It's something that I think you'll get more bang for your buck, so to speak. You, know, I, you don't have to spend a quarter of a million dollars I mean, to make I've, an improvement. Right. My company, that's what we do is you know, we help our customers through our continuous improvement process. And you don't have to make that significant capital investment in order to do those things. There's a lot of great technology out there. And I think that there's a lot of manufacturers that overlook that. They Some of them will spend half a million dollars on a new machine and then they'll use you know the same old end mill that was... 10 years old and it's just a general purpose end mill or, or, you know, some old drilling technology. And it's like, you know, come on, we want, we, we need to get you reducing your cycle times. And there's so many ways to increase productivity. So you don't have to hire more people. Oh yeah. You know, I was talking to Lisa earlier, we're talking about dreaming or in doing, you know, we've all worked with that person's like, man, you know, they've, don't We've tried much. that before, or or you know this they, insert works just yes, fine. Yeah, exactly. Well, we don't. Think, we can't change it because that'll screw things grade. up. Exactly, exactly. Oh, but I, you know, I. Have, oh, you don't know how many times I've heard that. <laughs> it's been proven so many times, you know, and I have to be open minded to that. That sure enough, I mean, they're coming out with carbide grades that they say you can start cutting carbide, you know. So, <laughs> you know, now you can get you know solid ceramic end mills. Oh yeah, I, I know. Mean, ridiculous. It's, yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. And the cutting speeds we use ceramics on the stellites. I mean, you're going from 100 service feet to 700 service feet oh, cutting it's satellite, the yeah. molten chips coming off. It's like on fire. Yeah. Yeah. There's it, sparks coming. Yeah, absolutely. It's fun. Do you use IMTS as a vacation opportunity as well? Yes, definitely. Last time, two years ago, my wife came with me. It's fantastic. We love the city. I have a cousin who lives in this, works in the city. That's what we do. We come here for a couple of days, two, three days. Check out some great restaurants for the city and go to a Cubs go game to the, or something like yeah. that, or a White Sox game. Go to the know? show. And great. Is there anything that you would like to express to the metalworking nation, to the Making Chips audience? Maybe some recommendations, something that you've learned over the last 24 years that could be some you know words of wisdom from you? I would say just always, like we're talking about, just keeping an open mind to trying new things. I worked with an individual one time that goes, you know what? I've been doing the same thing for 20 years and I'm not going to change. I'm like, I can't believe somebody even just said that, you know? So that's why I would say constantly try new things. IMTS is a great opportunity to see what's out there in any aspect of your life too. You know, No doubt about it. You always got to be thinking differently about mm-hmm. your manufacturing. Well, Peter, thank you for taking the time to sit down and have an interview with us. And we hope that this has equipped and inspired someone out there. Thanks for having me. It's been right. great. So what'd you think of my interview with Peter Klaus? You know, Jason, I, I really related to him and his story. I mean, much like me in my career in manufacturing, he was working as a senior in high school and he was running a manual lathe and he said to himself, hey, I kind of like this. I dig it. I think that I can make a career out of it. You know, I was offered to come into the family business, which was a little different than him. But at the end of the day, he was passionate about manufacturing. He really felt 
something good, some energy from what he was doing, and he made a career out of it. And he, well, he had to ask himself, "What are you going to do for the rest of your life, Peter?" So, right, and that was kind of interesting how he said that. Right, and he made a good decision because, again, at the end of the day, if you're not happy doing what you're doing, you're never going to be successful. Yeah, and I think one of the things that made him successful, as I understand it from his story, is that he was always hungry. Kind of like us. Hungry for tacos? Biz. Maybe he got hungry for tacos once in a while, okay. but he was hungry to learn. And he, yes. wanted, to, well, he, he wanted to learn new things. He went to night school. He wanted to advance himself. And I think that there's something to be said about somebody that's hungry. I'm going to have an interview in, in the future with another good friend of Making Chips. And we're going to talk about the whole notion of hiring people that are humble, hungry, and smart. And I think hungry is such like an it. important thing. So I thought Peter was very relatable to me and my journey in manufacturing. It sounds like he works in a, a smaller job shop, much like Car Machine and Tool. And I know the pains he's going through when he was saying about those short runs and, you know, we're not working on a thousand pieces at once. And, you know, Car Machine and Tool's scope is low volume, high mix. And it's the same thing. We've only got one, two, some of our jobs, three, four, five, six parts. And it takes a lot of time to set up that job and find the tooling and do the programming and pick it up and take a cut. And man, if you if you scrap out a one-piece job, you got to start all over again. So I totally related to his story, especially in working in a, in a low-volume job shop. Do you remember what he said about how he fights what he calls the craziness, what I called the whirlwind. Do you remember yeah, his two points? I, I do remember that because that's what I was just saying earlier in the episode about when I came home from work the other night and I wasn't having such a good day and Ryan kind of gave me a pep talk, a pep text. And yeah, I totally get it. The, but but the, do you remember his two points? No, they, I, I really don't, Jason. They, they were, Refresh you know, my he, memory. He, he mentioned two things that really helps him when that whirlwind comes around is focusing on one thing at a time not trying to multitask. Right. And prioritizing. Prioritizing and is huge. And it's simple, but it's effective. Yeah. And I try to tell that to my team too, especially like my office manager, because we all wear a lot of hats. And I say, I say, Linda, I said, write down the things you've got to do today. But we all know now based on our day-to-day challenges, if the customer calls and they need something, then that is going to go right to the top of the list. So you're constantly juggling and reprioritizing the things you need to do in that particular day. So it's very important. It's very important. And I heard something the other day that said multitasking is really a bad thing to do. Oh, it totally is. It, because it, it's way too much distraction. If you want to get a quote done, if you've got to get a quote that's got to be done, shut every, turn your phone off, X out of your email because you're going to get a couple emails and you're that's going to distract you and you you need to be 100% focused on what you're doing. When you know, I really want to get solid work done, I I need to quiet down all the distractions and put on some nice concentration music. I have like my little playlist of concentration music. Is it like spa music? It, no, it's not spa music. It's Is more it country like, music? No, it's not country either. It's kind of classical. You listen to classical music? As it relates to concentrating, like there's I have a particular like that's track so boring. of no it's not it's actually very energizing the track that i got so really? it's, it's very interesting it's not like it's classical style but it's it's different than what you're probably thinking so it's edm classical no it's not edm either okay uh, yeah no, no. it's okay. just regular classical well thank you for sharing that yeah maybe if I, the metalworking nation's never, interested i can i can let them know what that's all about. i'm not a big classical fan and i'm not a big country fan either although i do like some of it so what do we want from the metalworking nation well here's what i want them to do because imts is only seven weeks away I want them to come to IMTS at 12 noon in the Grand Concourse. What day? The, 
Well, I don't care. We're going to be there Monday through Saturday. We're going to be there every day. Every day, six days. And we have got a huge list of guests. I mean, we can't disclose who those people are yet because we're going to do some creative roundtables. Every single day of I'm TS. Well, I don't know if it's going to be a round table. It's going to be a panel. How's that? Okay, panel, round table, whatever. Okay, we're not going to stand around a round table. No, we're not going to stand around. Is it going to be a a panel type table? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think there's going to be a cocktail table and some chairs and couches. And and cocktails? Oh, maybe. Maybe later. You know, manufacturers are big in that. But anyway, yeah, come every day, noon, Grand Concourse stage between South and North building. We're going to be there. We want you to raise your hand. Yeah, please. We might invite you up on stage. Well, I don't know about that, but yeah, we'll definitely- Jim doesn't like to share the spotlight. No, I don't. And we'll definitely like to meet you and, and hear what it's all about. And IMTS is going to be so much fun. I hope the weather's great that week so the people that are coming in from other states around around the country, maybe even internationally, they can really enjoy the offerings that Chicago has for them. So Sounds anything great. else? No, that's it. All right. What Bam. do we say? Bam. As always- Thank you for listening to the Making Chips podcast. You need to increase the speed and feet of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll see you next time. There's what you of, say in making chips mode instead of podcast mode? As far as you to get it making chips mode. Okay. That sounds better, don't you think? I don't know. I kind of think. Whatever. I don't want to put words in your mouth. I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead, Jim. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs>